Pastor Don Hazlett is going to be bringing the word to us again, and so we are excited to have him with us. And I want you to know, here's just a little quick service announcement. Uh, you, you all have probably noticed that they've been hanging around with us a lot. Uh, and, you know, once Don came to speak, he just keeps coming back. Can't, can't get enough, right? So uh, Don and Gina, are, they're hooking in with us for a while, and we don't know how long that is yet, but we're just kind of all seeking the Lord. And, but I'm, we're excited to have them on board and have their gifts. So if you see them doing stuff or praying for people or doing something to help out, uh, that's what they're here for. And as long as God has them here, then, then they're willing to serve and we're so excited. And so, uh, in a busy week of getting ready for camp, I said, you know what? I've got, I've got a great pastor who's right here with me who can, who can bring a word. And so Don's been praying and God has been stirring things in his heart. And so let's just welcome him and as he brings the word this morning. Thank you, my friend. Amen. 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 What an amazing worship time. Who also angels right there? I think God was, his angels, I think his whole, whole heavenly host was filling this place. There was something moving and changing and shifting. Amen? Hallelujah. And I want to talk a little bit about that. For the last four or five months, God has been talking to me about seeing him. You know, we, we think, well, how do I do that? Well, he's kind of given me some things, and I woke up one night, and and, uh, in the middle of the night, it seemed like he's always waking me up around 3 o'clock. I don't know what that time means, but, you know, it's like, God, you know, I wish you would wake me up in like, uh, I don't know, like maybe 8 o'clock in the morning, (laughs) you know, amen, but it's always 3 o'clock, and right then, I could. he gave me a scripture, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then, the, then, the, then the next scripture that popped in my mind was with the, you know the man at the, at the pool of Bethesda. You know he he got he got a little bit of dirt and spit on it and put it in the eyes of the blind man and told him to go wash it off. You know I don't understand that story. I really don't. It's like yuck. You know it's like why did you do that? And uh, but God always has a purpose and a plan for everything that He does. Amen. It was a purpose that put his DNA into us being the ground. We came up from the ground. And, uh, and it's been symbolic of who he is. He says, I am putting my DNA into you so you can see. I just need you to go dip into the mikvah. If you were here last time when I talked about that. Go dip into the hope of the fountain of Jesus. What the mikvah is, the baptism, what we have is a baptism. And we go and dip in that, we will be able to see who he is. Amen? So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Guys, I have a lot of notes. I actually have ten pages. I usually average around seven. So uh, let's see what happens. Now, the last time I was speaking here, did I tell you about Uzziah? Does anybody, you remember anything about me talking about Uzziah coming to my office? Okay, good. Because I, you know, I preach at different places. I, I tell different stories. It's like, God, I don't know if I ever shared that story there. It'd be kind of terrible to repeat the story. But you know, it's been a several years ago and uh, I had a young man come into my office and, uh, uh, I didn't know him and he was a Hispanic. He had a really heavy, uh, Mexican accent. And, uh, so 
I was uh, talking to him and he came in and says, I think I got the mark of the beast. I said, really? Well, tell me your story. And he had some problems. He had some, some, some things that's going on in his life. And, uh, and uh, actually the EMTs came in and sedated him. And he thought that he got the mark of the beast. I said, brother, that's not what, that's not the mark of the beast. And let me, let me talk to you. He said, what is your name? He said, Uzziah, like in the Bible. I said, really? Hmm. And, uh, so I prayed over him and, uh, he actually, uh, I don't know if he received anything that I had to say because he was so hung up on him being injected by the mark of the beast. So he left and, and about that time, you know, I'm always starting my, 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 my day with God. Okay. What do you want to talk to me about? And, um, you know, I'm sitting in my office and I'm saying, God, okay, speak to me, speak to me right now. So I flip my Bible open. It's in my backpack. I flip my Bible open and I got a little sticky note right there. And it said, God wants to speak to you. I don't know when I wrote it. I wrote it sometime. It says, God wants to speak to you. Isaiah six. I said, Oh, it's on the next page. So I flipped the page over Isaiah six, the year that King Uzziah died. I said, oh, okay, this is really getting kind of cool. I like this. And uh, so I started, what, what, what was the deal about Uzziah? Well, Uzziah was actually a pretty good king at first. You know, he, 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 king, he was a, a king for 52 years. And, uh, but at the end of his reign, he got to a place where he thought that he can do the priestly duties. And he would go into the temple and he would try to do the priestly duties. And the priest would come in and say, hey, king, you can't do that. And then there was a big earthquake that happened and every crack in the building when the light came in and touched him gave him leprosy. So he lived the remainder of his kingship outside of the kingdom because he disobeyed God. And so what I saw that for myself is that the year that disobedience died and Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and the robe of his train filled the temple and the, he he's heard the angels crying holy 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 is the lord god almighty and he says man i'm 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 a, I'm a man of unclean lips I, I i don't know why i'm seeing this you know but he said the angel came and took the the coal off of the altar of god with his tongs and that, that had to hurt to touch his lips with a hot coal you know, it's all spiritual, though, to purify his speech, to purify the words that are coming out of his mouth. See, God needs to purify us because as a Christian people, we sometimes don't know how to speak and fulfill the prophetic word that God has for us, for other people. Amen. We see Christians all the time cursing. Stop it. In the name of Jesus. Do you know in the Hebrew language, you know what I'm all about. In the Hebrew alphabet, the Hebrew language, you can't even, there's not even a curse word. You can't curse in Hebrew. And this is God's holy, pure language. And not unless you import it into it from a different language. But God wants us to be representation of who he is. We first got to look at our lives and say, I, I have been disobeying you, God. I've been taking what you have in my life for granted. I've been trying to do things that only 
you should be doing in my life. But I've been trying to do it all myself. So this is what I'm going to talk about today. To see into the spirit, to open our eyes to see how God has ordained you and me to be the men and women of God, to prophesy to the kingdom of God today. Amen? Because what God has put inside of you needs to be heard. But you need to be purified by his coal from his altar. Amen, church? Now, I'm, I'm preaching from my iPad, and it's very, very tiny. Usually, I print my notes out, but today I did not do that. So, if I, uh, if I miss something... Uh, just pray. Okay. And this thing goes off like every five minutes. I tried to find the button that says don't do that, but it, I couldn't find it. Anyhow, I wanted to do a demonstration, but somebody ate all the demonstration. The donuts out front. Out front. You know, I love, I love, because to taste and see that the Lord is good, it would be a great, you know, great object lesson, you know, take the donut because it's holy. Right? It, God probably knew I didn't need it because I'm on a diet. You know, I'm dying. Yes. And, and anyhow, you, you taste and see. And I was wondering, God is, what do you mean by that? Like, you taste and it's like, wow, see, I told you that was good. Or is it taste? It's like, wow, now I really understand and see that the Lord is good. And the latter is what it is, is when you taste the things of God, he will open up your eyes to see the depth of who he is. But most of us will not take the time to taste the things of God. You're going through a hard time. You're just, you've been, you've been worn out. You're burnt out. You're thinking God has left you. That is a great time to taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen, church. We see that in, in Revelations 10. You don't have to turn. I'm just going to kind of go through this little bit uh, until I get to my main scripture. It says this, that the, that, uh, uh, who is this? This is uh, John in Revelations. John, the Lord told him, he says, take it and eat it. Talking about the scroll, talking about the little book. He says, give me the little book. I don't know what this little book is all about, but it's kind of like the scroll with Isaiah, with Ezekiel, with Jeremiah. And he said, take this little book, and I need you to eat it. Now, it's going to be sweet like a donut. <laughs> it's going to be sweet, but it's going to give you a little bit of tummy ache. Because it's always like God is doing something in the inside of us. He's changing the way that we desire things. And he says, that you're going to eat this book. You're going to eat this scroll. And you're going to prophesy to the people. And he says this in Revelation 10.8. And you must prophesy again about people, nations, tongues, and kings. Isn't that amazing? Oh, John, the beloved. It's like. God wants to pour into you a revelation word of who he is to prophesy. to See, the people in this world today need to hear a prophetic word from out of you. You're all called kings and priests. Amen. 
You have a position to play in your walk with God. It's not just to warm up seats. It's about to prophesy to a generation. And then let me tell you something today that God needs you to prophesy hope to these people. Pastor preached an amazing word last last week about hope. You know, and that was my thing, is about hope. God has an amazing hope for his people, but the people don't know about his hope. Until you prophesy to it, amen? Now, I take a lot of people to their doctor's appointment. That's what kind of what I'm doing right now. And uh, and, and so I, I get these people in my car, in my truck, and, uh, you know, I, I have them. They can't get out. I'm taking them to their doctor's appointment. I have you. And, I, you know, this one guy got in my truck, and he's from Midland here, and I picked him up at the halfway house, and uh, and he got in my truck, and he started cursing. And I was like, hmm, my spirit, right? Okay, who's this guy? He's out of the halfway house, so he just got out of prison. And I'm taking him to his doctor's appointment because he has a broken leg. And uh, But right when he started cursing, he, I didn't even got my... I didn't even put it in my, my truck and drive yet. And he says, oh, oh, are you a Christian? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you something. And that opened the door way up. He just said, man, I know. He says, I know God placed you in my life for a purpose. After our time together, the man understood the hope of Jesus. See, that should be our agenda every day to looking for an open door to preach to people. I do it all week long. If you see my Facebook, I got a, I got, you know, pictures of my, uh, the guys, you know, that's incarcerated in my truck. Uh, and I take a picture of him as a man. I got to take a picture of this selfie. I know it might seem kind of weird, me and you taking a selfie, but get over it. But I need you, I need people going to pray for you if you'll take a selfie with me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, taking a selfie with them. And, um, that was, a, that was a selfie, you know, thing. And, um, and so we do that and everybody that I ever met loved what God was doing in their life at the time they were in my truck. Every one of them. I picked up a guy in Big Spring. No, uh, Kermit. Picked up a guy in Kermit. And, uh, and you know, he's just hard. He's just a hard man. And, uh, you know, started telling him about who I was and what I do. And he, you know, he softened up a little bit and he, and it's like, like, it's like, uh, the walls kind of came down a little bit, you know, I'm this, but after you, you said you were a pastor and, a, you know, and that you love Jesus and he says, kind of the walls kind of came down a little bit. Oh, I don't have to pretend to be tough. And he, he started telling me about what's going on in his world. And so we got back to his house and, um, He's got a, uh, a little tear in his aorta vein. Is that a vein? In, in, in his heart and, uh, artery. And, uh, and he's bleeding a little bit. And, uh, and he was, you know, urinating blood. And he's like, man, I can't go to the doctor because I don't have any insurance. Well, I guess you need prayer then, don't you, brother? He said, yes, I do. And, uh, we got out of my truck and, um, I said, you mind if I take a selfie? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be praying for you. I want people to pray for you. He said, sure. And, uh, so we did that and, uh, and this this little Hispanic guy was walking our way. He was about a, a truck length, a car length from us. And once he saw me, he did about faith and went the other way. I said, whoa, come here. Come here, brother. You're not getting out of this. Come here. And he said, we're going to pray for this man. All right, just stand right there. And I started to pray for him. 
And, uh, and, and it just, you can feel the anointed of God. And it was pouring out on, not on just on Dale, the guy I was talking about, but on this little Hispanic man. And God was doing something. But sometimes we gotta call these people into the circle of glory. Amen? We gotta call them into it because they don't understand it. And that young man is like, wow, wow. And he walked away with this like, different than when you walked my way. Amen? We gotta do some things. Ezekiel said this. Fill your stomach with this scroll in Ezekiel 3.3. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give to you. So I ate it and it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. Taste and see that God is so good. Hallelujah. Your words were found in Jeremiah 15. In Jeremiah 15, 16, your words were found and I ate them. Your words was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, Lord God of hosts. <laughs> Jeremiah knew he understood what God was doing. When you find God's word and you, and you, 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 you chew on his word. You know, to meditate upon his word is not, it's not that at all. Meditation means I'm going to mutter his word. God, you're good. You're, I'm victorious, God. You know, by your stripes, I am healed, God. By your stripes, I am healed, God. By your stripes, I am healed, God. I am victorious in you, God. I, I'm repeating his word and his word is coming inside of me and it's changing who I am. Amen, church. Taste and see that I am so good. You'll see that in my Facebook, I said this one day, God is opening the eyes of his people and giving them understanding to his word. God has just been wrecking my world, but God has been doing amazing things in our lives. I love what Paul said in his prayer in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. I'm going to read all of it. And Paul wrote to the Ephesians church about the importance of fasting he said the F word. Woo. <laughs> uh, the word in seeking knowledge of God comes wisdom and revelation. We need the knowledge of God. I'm going to go into this a little bit more. I'm going to give you some Hebrew stuff. I hope I can help you understand without writing it out. Knowledge of God comes wisdom and revelation. The Oh, excuse me, the tasting. That didn't say fasting, did it? That said tasting. I told you I needed my glasses. Produce knowledge of Jesus that gives you sight. And then he says this, that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and in knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope pastor the hope of his calling what what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints say i'm the saint i am the saint he's got an inheritance in you and what is in exceedingly greatness and amazing greatness of his power towards us who believe. I believe. Amen. According to the working of his mighty power. 
I love his prayer. I pray that your eyes are open to see the amazing revelation of God. Because once you do that, there's nothing shutting you up. Amen. And I think it's about time that the church not shut up anymore. Because I'm loud and I'm loud out there. But you know what? I love Jesus. And Jesus is the only way that's going to change this nation. And the church will rise up and awake to what God has called you to be. It will change this generation. We won't have to worry about Democrats and Republics messing up everything. Because the church is going to rise up and straighten out everything. Amen, church? Hallelujah. Eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Just some notes here. To know what is the hope of his calling. And I, you know, I was talking, uh, every time pastor's talking last week, I say, oh, mikva, no, kaval, no, that's tikva right there. You know, because it's the three different hopes. And, uh, and I, and at the end of, I had my, my phone out and I was going, say this scripture, say this scripture. Jesus said, man, leave it alone. He's preaching, not you. Right? <laughs> and I was just thinking Isaiah 40, 31, right? Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And they will walk and not be weary. And they will run and not faint. Amen. Those who wait or hope in the Lord mean wrapping your arms around him means to bind to. I'm binding myself around the Lord and I'm going to walk in his strength. I'm going to fly. I believe I can fly. <laughs> Woo! You know, I did this one time and I, I was, I was spraying bugs. I, I used to do that for a living up in Lubbock and, and, uh, and I came in this house and this lady was, uh, had her Bible open to this one scripture. I can't remember what it was, but I loved it. And, uh, and so I was talking to her and she had cancer. So I was, uh, you know, walking through the house spraying it. I, I, I see it as anointing. I'm, I'm anointing things. And uh, so I was praying for this lady, and, you know, she just got back from chemo. She wasn't feeling too good. So I was just had this, you know, this song in me. And it was that song, I believe I can fly. And uh, But God was changing the words. And he was saying, I believe what I pray. I believe what I pray. I believe it every night and day. I believe God will make a way. I believe what I pray, yeah. And I just started worshiping the Lord. Woo! And then, you know, this little tune that God was doing. And I really believe that God was doing something in that house, in this lady's body. Because I understand cancer. I understand the way that it operates. I understand the death. And I understand the, the, the misery that it brings. So God is doing something. We just got to get wild with it sometimes. Amen. Pastor, I'm not going to get through. I can tell you already, I'm not going to get through. The mystery is revealed into his saints. The mystery of God is revealed in his saints. In Colossians 1, verses 26 through 28. The mystery which has been hidden from ages, from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. That's you and me. Then God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, the nations, the Goreems, the nations. That means me and you. 
which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, which is Christ in you, the fountain of life, which is which is Christ in you, the amazing covenant of God, the Christ in you, which is your flowing stream of healing. You, and Christ in you is the power to, of his grace. And the Christ in you is everything that God is wrapped up in a word called hope. It's yours. It's not something you're wishing for. It's not something that you're waiting on. It's yours right now. You just got to embrace it. Amen. You're with me? Now, Matthew, let me go back up. And God made the riches of his glory and the mysteries of his, to the nations. God made known the riches of his glory. The amazing, his glory is absolutely out of this world. <laughs> that was, that's pretty right, right? In, in the Hebrew, it's called kavah or kavod. It, it comes from the root word of kavad, and it means weight. Kavad is weight. Glory comes out of weight, which we see kavod, which is the glory of God. That's why you see sometimes people fall when they're under the glory of God because it's weight. It's weighted. And uh, you'll see people prostrate before God because his glory is weighted. You'll see God do some things in people's lives. They have to sit down. And it's okay because, you know, we have all these different words of, of worship and praise. Amen. You probably know, you know this. You know, there's seven words for praise. You got that? And I loved what was happening on the worship. That was a Zamar praise when we had no vocals at the time, but we had all the instruments playing. And the drums were coming in. And it's like I could feel the anointing of God just pounding through the nations. You know, uh, Pastor Kim said this a couple weeks ago, Pastor Kim Pittner. He said, when Gina, uh, Gina, when Jesus, pretty close, when Jesus got up, when Jesus stood up in the tomb, the earth rumbled again. And it felt like that. It's like Jesus stood up again and you felt the rumble of the drums and the guitars coming in and just the worship and the, 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 the amazing, the eruption of God's worship was coming forth. And once we get more and more a hold of that eruption and understanding when God stands up, when Jesus stands up, there's going to be a rumble in the nations. Hallelujah. Matthew 5. Y'all know this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And blessed are those the pure of heart, for they shall see God. The Amplified says this. Blessed the anticipating God's presence, spiritually mature, are the pure in heart. Those with integrity, moral courage, and godly character. For they will see God. See, God is wanting to make us perfect. And I, you, 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 you talk to people about this scripture. God says, I want you to be perfect as I am perfect in some translations. That doesn't mean that I'm, you know, like the perfect 10. Get your camera out, baby. It doesn't mean anything like that. It doesn't mean anything like that. Perfect means to be mature. I'm, I'm trying to grow you up to be perfect. So you can know me in such an amazing degree that you, that, 
nothing will bother you. You'll hear things on your news. You'll, you'll, don't, you'll hear things at work, but nothing bothers you because you have this revelation of who God is in your life. And nothing can sway you away from the goodness and the hope of the calling that's inside of you. Hallelujah. But seeing brings balance. You know, if you're blind, you know, you got the little stick, you know, and I was just like, God, I don't know if I could, you know, because you stumble over things when you're blind. And I see a church blind a lot and they're stumbling over things that they should be able to see through. Amen. But God says, I want to open your eyes so you'll have balance. Truth in Hebrew is emet. Aleph, first letter. Mem, the middle letter of the Aleph. If you strung out all 22 of them. Tav, the last letter. The Jewish people said the truth is balanced. It's not one way or the other. It's balanced. Emet. And it really says that the Alpha and Omega is Jesus. Out of your heart, the middle word, out of your heart will flow rivers of living waters. And Jesus is the truth. The truth will set you free. That's why his name is actually in the word truth. Okay. To know God. To know God is to see God. To knowing who God says you are is just as important as knowing who God is. You see now my Facebook a couple of last week. Knowing who God says you are is just as important as knowing who God is. It says in the scripture in Proverbs 3, you've heard it before probably, Proverbs 3, 6. In all of your ways acknowledge him, right? And he shall direct your paths. In all of your ways acknowledge yada, yada, yes, Acknowledge, yada. And it's the same word for know, which is yada, which is not yada, yada and ya. Anyhow, it's yada, but it's not because yada is praise. Do you see the progression? The, uh, the foundation of this word to acknowledge him is to know him starts with praise. And that's what our worship team was doing. You know, talking about the praise of the Lord, it actually brings you revelation because when you praise him, you'll get to know him. And when you get to know him, you'll acknowledge him. When you acknowledge him, you will see him. You understand that? So that's why we have a blind church because a lot of them don't like to praise him. So then, therefore, they don't know him, and so they don't acknowledge who he is and what he is, and they can't see him. They're, they're walking through this world blindly because they don't know Jesus. They know of Jesus. See, this is one of my pet peeves. You know, I, and I know I've done it before too, but here in the last eight years, I've put more emphasis on receiving Jesus, I want you to really know what it means to receive Jesus. It's more than just believing that he is God because the believing is actually an action word that means you're going to do something with what you believe. Amen? We got a bunch of, yes, I believe in God. I believe in God, but they're doing everything that God says don't do. 
But they say, I believe. See, if we, if we'll teach them to understand that believe is, is to confess Jesus as Lord, we, we'll say that, yes, I believe Jesus is Lord. Well, so does the enemy, right? And it says he trembles. But to believe means to make a confession, a vow, just like in marriage. I'm coming up with Jesus here. I'm going to accept Jesus as my helpmate. Jesus, I promise to obey, to cherish, and to honor you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to be loyal to you, for you are my husband. I know it sounds weird. It's easier for a girl to do this part. You understand what I'm saying, though? If we understand what the word means about confessing, I'm marrying Jesus. But a lot of us say, I believe, and we go step out on him. Amen? And he's just like, where are you going? I thought me and you had a relationship. Yeah, but I want to do my own thing. Right? You can't do that. Well, I believe that you're a son of God, man. Go do your God thing. Right? That's how a generation thinks. We've got to change the mindset of the generation to know him. To know him. The word know or knowledge is da'at. Another word. Da'at. Da'at is, I hope I can do this where you can understand it. Okay, it's dalet, right? Dalet is a door in Hebrew, okay? Ayan is an eyeball. In ancient Hebrew, it was written like an eyeball. You can see ayan, that's where we got our eye. And then the last letter is tav, which is the cross, the covenant. In the old ancient script, it was actually cross alpha or not alpha but that was the omega part of it if you know alpha and omega it's tav in hebrew so we have dalet open door to see the cross who is the door jesus he is the gateway he is the doorway jesus will open the door to see the covenant cross of who he is da'at you'll have knowledge that's the knowledge of who he is to understand the word was written for what it says it is. It will open a doorway to see. And that sees also a prophetic eyes. To see prophetically the cross or the covenant. My iPad went off again. It's telling me something, huh? Hallelujah. Okay. I'm down to my one point. To see in the spirit... To see with the eyes of God, you have to focus. You have to focus. And one of my favorite, favorite all time, well, I have a, a ton of favorites, scriptures. Proverbs 4.20. You've been there? And I love what it says because it speaks to me, but you may need a different translation, women. My son, give attention to my words. So, you know, all of you women, you just write in there, you mark out son and just put daughter. No, I'm just kidding. You understand what I'm talking about. My, let me say my people. Give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. You've got to watch what your heart is looking at. You've got to watch what your heart is doing, involved with. 
with your heart with all diligence, for out of it will spring the issues of life. And whatever you plant in there is going to come out. Whatever you plant in your life, you know, you, people just saying, well, there's no harm in doing this and doing that. Oh, yeah, there is, because you're going to reap it one of these days. Amen? We got to, we got to be wise in this. And people got to understand this. So, he says, let me finish. For out of it springs the issue of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn from the right or to the left, but remove your foot from evil. He's just telling us an amazing way to see Jesus, to see God in an amazing way. God, keep your eyes on the word of God. And out of that will heal your flesh. You know, I walked around with amazing offense after being booted out of Dallas when I was a pastor in Dallas and I was on staff and I was an associate pastor, uh, youth pastor, children's pastor, maintenance guy, uh, the uh, the uh, I took the the elderly on their uh, medical trips and uh, and I had yeah I had to uh, awful things and that uh, a guy needed some uh, what's this stuff called you know he uh, anyhow what was that stuff called ben, not Ben Gay what is it stuff for hemorrhoids anyhow. <laughs> And I walked into his house. He said, Pastor, he says, you know, I can't, I can't reach it. He said, I'm in the wheelchair and he gave me these rubber gloves. I said, oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. You think I'm sweating now. You ought to see me then. But I did everything. And, uh, and they, you know, the pastor came back and said, you know what? I just can't afford you. What? And actually found out later that he lied about all that and, he just wanted somebody else to come in and do something. He said, forget about the youth, forget about the children, forget about all this. I just need an associate pastor to, to help, you know, pass my baton to. And apparently I was not it. Anyhow, I walked in a fence for like five years. I was so mad. I wasn't really mad at God. I was mad at people. I was mad at, you know, all of it. And, uh, and it just, it just took me under. It, it, it just, it just, it just, it's like watching a prune just, suck up and be dry and nasty you know what prunes do to you don't you <laughs> back to the gloves <laughs> so anyhow that's all for free and that's gross establish is the word <laughs> establish is the word quum quum it also means to arise to confirm to be validated to be ratified, to be fulfilled, to be set, and to stand. See, God wants our ways to be established, to be a foundation on him so we can arise, so we can confirm, so we can be validated, so we can be ratified, so he will be fulfilled and we will be set to do what he called us to do. But we got to look upon God's word to see what God is saying about who we are and don't delete anything out of the word of God. Amen? We can't delete what we don't like. And Job 2 says, 22 says this, declare a thing and it shall be established. 
Declare a thing and it shall be established. So light will shine on your ways, on your path, on your life. Declare a thing and it shall be established. It shall rise. It shall be fulfilled. It shall be ratified. It shall be set. It shall stand. Uh, we got to declare a generation. When we talked about praying at the at Wednesday night, and you know, and I, I get excited when I pray. So, you know, I just felt like, you know, it wasn't loud enough. So I got to scream it out. That a generation needs to know that God is bringing revival to this place. And I demand and I declare and I decree that God is going to do an amazing things in our lives. Amen. See, church, we're not under. We're not going down because Jesus, his word says that I'm going to raise a standard against the enemy. And he, he can't touch you. Da, 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 da. All the young people are like, man, what is he doing? You can't touch us. <laughs> okay. Oh, quit that. Hallelujah. Let all your ways be established. Number two, to see in the spirit, we have to have a heart of service. How am I doing? Almost 12. Don't look at the clock. And it came to pass. We're talking about Elisha and Elijah. I'm just going to tell the story, okay? This is right when Elijah is about to go up in a chariot of fire. And Elisha is his uh, protege, is his apprentice. And he's been following him for a long time, I think around 13 years, I think, if that's right, uh, since he got called. And he's been following Elijah. And Elijah's time is coming to an end. And so he says, okay, Elisha, I need you to stay right here. And I'm going to go to Gilgal. I need you to stay here. And he says, I don't think so. Uh, no, 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 no. As the father lives, you know, I'm going with you. I'm not staying here. It's not because he was afraid. It's because he was afraid he was going to miss out on what God's about to do. And we see, we got to, we had to have a heart that's hungry for the presence of God that we will say, no, I'm not going to stay right here. I'm not going to stay in this pornography. I'm not going to stay in this offense. I'm not going to stay in this lie. I'm not going to stay in all this. I'm going to, I'm going to follow Jesus. Amen. I'm going to go to Gilgal. You know what happened in Gil- Gilgal? Right before Joshua and all the men, it was a million so men, walked into the promised land, they had to be circumcised. That's a bad day. This is the place of circumcision. This is the place to cut off your flesh. To get away from who you used to be. The word says, so Egypt would not follow them into the promised land. See, we're we're bringing Egypt into the things of God. And he says, I told you not to do that. I told you to circumcise yourself and leave your flesh outside. But a lot of us don't know that. I need to bring you to Gilgal to cut the flesh off of you. So you can be pure before me and walk into the promises I've called for you. See, we're trying to bring our pagan religions into the promises of God, and it won't work. Then he says, okay, I'm going to go off to Bethel. I need you to stay here, Elisha. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm going with you to Bethel too. I'm going with you to the house of God. Bethel. Bethel. The house of God. See, that's what we need to do when we get saved. We cut off the flesh. We end up in the house of God. And we start to learn from God, start to be in his presence and just start to have dreams and visions like like uh, uh, J- uh, Joshua did or um, Jacob did. 
And we start to see these things that we never seen before. And because we're in the presence of God, we have to cut off our flesh, cut off our, our earthly desires to come into the things of God. And then he says, okay, I'm going to go off to Jericho. I'm going off to Jericho. I need you to stay here. No, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to follow you. Just, you know, just get going. That wasn't like an Arkansas term, wasn't it? Get going. Okay, we're going to we're going to go to Jericho. The Jericho is a place where walls come down and the glory of God comes up. And I talked about last time I was here when I talked about the Tikvah. You'll learn that, you know, when, the, when Rahab put the rope outside the window, the scarlet rope, it actually says the Tikvah rope, the Tikvah scarlet, the scarlet Tikvah. It means hope. Tikvah is hope. But in the word, in the middle, in the heart of Tikvah is rope. So Joshua used the whole word of hope because he understood the blood of the lamb is the hope of glory. So there's a picture that that wall was not destroyed. The east side wall was not destroyed. All the other walls came down. We need to go to our Jericho because we've been in the house of God. All these walls come down. All these offenses come down. All these strongholds come down. And everything that God has for us is being revealed in Jericho. We have to go there to find what God has for our lives. Amen. Okay, I'm going to the Jordan. I'm going to Jordan. Stay here. Yeah, whatever. And uh, he's walking to Jordan. I'm walking to the Jordan. I'm walking to the Jordan. The Jordan is a place of transition. A, a place that changes who we are. And we, you'll you notice in the Bible that... Uh, John the Baptist baptized in the Jordan. We all go to the Jordan, be baptized. It's because it's, it's a representation of the mikvah, the fountain, the flowing water. That's why he baptized in the river because the water is flowing. Mikvah is hope, which means flowing water. That's why we baptize. We don't baptize in the flowing water, but we can always put the jets on and make it flow. Okay, so we got to get to our place of transition and allow God to transform us and to renew us because we went through the walls of Jericho. You know, all of that stuff is gone now. He needs to restore us, to renew us. And we go through all of these places and God can allow us to see like Elisha did. He said he got to the place and he said, Elijah told Elisha, that you'll have a double portion. He wanted a double portion. If you'll see me leaving or ascending. See, he had to go through all these places to see him. To see the power of God move. See, we've got to go through these things to see God move in our lives. And he says he saw him. And he saw him leave. And the mantle came down. And he got it and he put it on. And was able to smack the waters of the Jordan again going back through another transition. You know that he did have a double portion, if you look at Elisha's life, and even one after he's dead, because his bones restored a man. Isn't that amazing? And it made him have a double portion. Double portion is a number um, 120. You'll see 120 in the Bible everywhere. You'll, you'll notice in the upper room, it's 120. 120 is the number for double portion. I don't have time to go through it all, but I can, I can break it all down to you. And uh, if you want to see that, I have it. Uh, but 120 is a double portion. And that's why I'm always saying, God, I need 120. I just need 120. 
I don't mean dollars or anything. I just need 120. I want your double the portion that you have for me. Amen. I want to see. I want to see who you are. And God is starting to change some things that when we start to look at people, we start to see things on them. <laughs> you guys, oh, no. <laughs> you know, but it's for us to minister to people. It's like when I pick up these guys, you know, or these people, it's not just guys, it's women too. And, uh, and to be able to see what's going on in their lives. I had a lady in Fort Stockton. Boy. Just going through stuff. I had a, I had like six months. I mean, it seemed like a long time. It was just like six months. I was going down to Fort Stockton all the time, picking her up. Man, we started ministering. Her Gina would go with me. Man, we'd start ministering to her and praying with her and her family. And it, 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 it just, it was really, really good. But I knew there were some things blocking everything. And you just got to speak to those things that are blocking her receiving because she hasn't been the Gilgal. We got we to gotta send them back to... Get the flesh things cut off and then send them to the, the Jericho to get the walls down so they can be restored in Jordan. Amen? So we have to do these things. So we, we, we had a fun time doing that. But uh, let me see if I can skip some stuff because I'm, I'm running late. Okay. Uh, the heart to serve and the obedience to release the mantle of God in your life. Now, if you obey the words of the Lord, you will produce fruit of the Spirit. If you obey the word of the Lord, you will produce the fruit of the Spirit, not the harara. Did I talk about the harara last time? Okay. Say harara. Harara. It's like a toothless lion, huh? Harara. Harara. In Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 17, uh, it says this, that it says the Lord cursed is the man who trusts in, in men and make flesh his strength. Trying to do things his own way. Whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub. Harara. Shrub. Harara. Harara is actually the fruit that's on the shrub. It's like a grapefruit. It looks really good. And then when you're in the wilderness... And you can see that from a distance. And you're sweating and you're just about tapped out. You're running to this tree. The Hararas. And when you get there, you find out it looks really good on the outside. But when you open it up, it's nothing but seeds and dust. Almost like a gore. But it's not that hard. You'll be able to peel it back. The warriors were able to peel back the sap, put their spear bit tip in it, and whatever it hit it killed pretty quickly because it was poison cursed is the man who disobeys the things of god and tries to do things on his own won't produce fruit but it will kill people around you are you hearing me it's for you to get right with god so you don't produce hararas and then it says, blessed is the man who obeys the things of God, for he, be, he will be like the man or the person that is planted by the river of life, the flowing hope, the minkfa of God, and his roots will go down deep, and he will produce leaves that will bring healing to everyone. Isn't that amazing? But we have to change, people. We've got to change in what we're doing. We've got to take seriously what God said in his word to do. We can't produce horrors anymore. We're killing people. 
Amen. I've done it. When I was offended, I probably killed a bunch of them, you know, because I would sit on the back row and uh, have my happy face on. <laughs> Don't talk to me. You know, I just like, I, I just resonated this hate and this dislike. And it's like, don't talk to me because I'm hurt and I don't know how to talk to you yet. Until God done some things in my life and he broke me and he blessed me <laughs> and then he gave me all of who he is. Okay, maybe this will be my last part. We have to come into communion with Christ. We just took communion. I want to share this with you. You remember the guys taken off to the, on a road to Emmaus right after Jesus was, was you know, heard of rising from the dead, raising from the dead. And these guys took off and it just bewilders me. I just like, what are you doing guys? Are you stupid? Have you said that? I, I can say this because I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about these two. Ding dongs that were just walking away. Listen to this. And then every, then every day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were t- talking to each other about these things which had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing it, Jesus himself came up and began walking with them. How cool is that? But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And Jesus asked him, hey, guys, what are you guys discussing about And to one another? And, he, and they said, they stood still. <laughs> they stopped. Are you kidding me? Looking brokenhearted. And one of them said, uh, named uh, Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger visiting Jerusalem? Duh. <laughs> Who is unaware of these things which have happened here in these days? He asked, what things? They replied, or he replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in deed and word and in sight of God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers handed them over to the sentence to death and crucified him. But we are, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel and set our nation free. Indeed, beside all of this, it is the third day, and since these things have happened, and I like this, and they, they said this, they said this out loud, and also some of the women among us shocked us. They shocked us. <laughs> they shocked us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and they did not find his body. They did come back saying that they had even seen a vision of the angels who said that he is alive. Then why are you going to Emmaus? God! Right? Have you just seen this? Like, you, are you guys stupid? Why are you going there? He's alive! And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly the way the women said it was, and they did not see him. And Jesus said to them, You foolish men! He said, Stupid too. Are you so foolish? Are you and slow of heart and trust and believe in everything that the prophets have spoken? Was it necessary? It was necessary for the Christ to suffer these things. And the only, 
and enter into his glory. Amen? He had to do all these things. And he was starting to walk with them. And he got to, to Jericho. And, and he's, you know, they were, he was about to keep walking, but these guys are, are going to, you know, just stay there. And he said, wait, 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 wait. You, you, no, no, don't, 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 don't go. Stay with us. Stay with us. It's almost evening. It's almost the next day. It's almost six o'clock. He said, come with us. So he said he did this. Jesus, it said, and it happened. I like that part. I highlighted it. And it happened. It happened. That as he reclined at the table with them, he took the bread, which is symbolic of who he is. He blessed it, symbolic of who he is. And he broke it, symbolic of what he did. And he began to give it to us and when he gave it to us when he gave it to them their eyes suddenly opened see in your communion with God your time with him will open up your eyes to see things in the spirit to see things in yourself that you never saw before God is still revealing things to me says, Don, you got to get rid of this. You got to quit saying this. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to start to fine tune yourself. Amen. We all have that places where we need to just stop it. Amen. And let it just happen. And it happened. God changed their lives. God wants to change your life, church. He wants to change who you are. But we first must go to Gilgal. We must go to, uh, what was the second one? Bethel. We must go to Jericho and to the Jordan so we can see God do what he wants us to do. Amen. Will you stand with me? I'm done. I didn't do too bad. I don't do 10 after. Hallelujah. I was sweating it though. Lord Jesus, God, you're so good. And we are so thankful for what you have done from the very first note that was played till now. That God, you're revealing who you are to us, to each one of us. Lord, I pray that we will go to Gilgal and circumcise our flesh and to come and walk with you into your house of glory. So we will bring down the walls that are blocking our progress. That we will go to the Jordan for our transgressions or transition for our transgressions. And that we will walk across to our new promise in you. Lord, I pray that today, Father God, that your word will resonate into our spirit. That, Lord God, it will not leave. Lord God, the enemy cannot pluck this seed out of our lives. Lord, will your Holy Spirit just come and just... Uh, just Seal this word that you want us to see you and to know you and to live in communion with you. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for what you're doing today in our lives. And Lord, I expect great visitations from you. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. If you still need prayer for something, there'll be a few of us up front. If you need prayer for something specific, you can come on up front here. Everybody that's going to camp, um, here in just a few minutes, we'll have a quick huddle over here on this side with, with Pastor John too. So, bless y'all. No, no gathering on Wednesday. So remember that. And we'll, we'll see you next week with our camp testimonies.